West End Abbey is a contemplative vineyard church in the West End of Winnipeg in Manitoba, Canada. This is a homily from one of our services. I don't know about you, um, but for me, this is a very familiar story. Um, I, grew, I remember growing up in Sunday school singing the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Something like that. I may have butchered it. Um, but it's a familiar story. And maybe perhaps that's why I chose it when Suhail asked if I would do a homily. Um, maybe it felt safe. Uh, I don't know. But I find when, when you look at scripture to share it with other people in whatever form it may be, often you see it in a different light. Um, and even though it felt like safe and maybe easy, um, I have to say I was surprised with what I found. And you'll see why in a little bit. So we have Jesus and Zacchaeus, the two main characters in this story. And if this is a familiar story, you likely know about tax collectors and how they don't often have a very good reputation. Um, I personally don't love to pay taxes. I don't know if anybody does. <laughs> um, but I think I also know, or at least I hope that, if not all, maybe some of the taxes I pay are going to good things, um, whether it's our healthcare system, our school system, fixing our roads. I work for the government now, so I'm very happy to people who pay taxes. Um, but the Roman Empire in Jesus's day was not so kind to its people. Um, it was known to be oppressive. So I don't know what these tax dollars were going towards or if it was going towards anything good, who knows. Um, not only did the people not know what their tax money was going to, um, tax collectors cheated the people. They would take more, take some for themselves. Um, they were skimming off the top, so to speak. And we see here in this story that not only is Zacchaeus a tax collector, but he's a chief tax collector and he's rich. So we can assume that he's doing this and doing this very well and by very well cheating people of a lot of money. We could say he's a liar, he's a cheat, he's a sinner. And we see very quickly Jesus's attitude towards him or his actions towards him. And when I've looked at this story before, heard this story before, I think there's often been a lot of emphasis on Jesus, and I think it's important. I want to look at that. I don't want to brush over it. We can ask ourselves, who does Jesus choose to associate with? Who does he spend time with? Who does he eat with? Whose homes does he enter? And I think if you pay any attention to the Gospels, you very quickly see that Jesus chooses to spend time with people who are poor, oppressed, marginalized, maybe not liked and not loved, people who are sinners. And I think we need to pay attention to this. This is important. We need to emulate Jesus in our own life. And I think if we truly are to call ourselves Christ followers, we have to spend time with people who Jesus spent time with. Maybe there aren't tax collectors, so to speak, in our life today, um, but I'm sure there are people who have maybe wronged us or people who, who are harder to love, people who are harder to accept. And these are the people we need to spend our time with, choose to associate with.
Of course, Jesus's actions are important in this story. Um, but for whatever reason, I was more drawn to Zacchaeus and his attitude towards Jesus. And here's why. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and I think he knew what he he knew who he was, and he knew what he was doing. I'm sure at some point, a guilty conscience would have kicked in. Um, I think he probably took a lot of pleasure in his wealth, but I don't know if this is the type of wealth that would have given him a lot of friends. Maybe he felt lonely. Maybe he felt pushed aside from the rest of society. Maybe he wanted friends. Maybe he knew what he was doing was wrong, but he didn't know how to change his actions. I also think at this point he would have known or started to know who Jesus was. At this point, Jesus was well into his ministry. If you look earlier in Luke, Jesus has healed the sick, he's healed the paralyzed, he's healed the blind, he's cleansed lepers, he's cast out evil spirits, he's raised people from the dead, he forgave a prostitute. Even his disciple Matthew used to be a tax collector himself. I'm sure these stories of Jesus were starting to circulate, and I'm sure this is what drew Zacchaeus to Jesus. I imagine he was intrigued and almost excited to see Jesus, perhaps desperate. Could even he be liked, even loved? Were even his sins forgivable? Was there hope for someone like him to change? In this story, I was drawn to Zacchaeus and his persistence and even desperation to see Jesus. He needed to see a glimpse of him. One of the versions that I was reading at home said he sought to see who Jesus was. And so he climbed the tree. Maybe he thought he could hide in the tree. I think climbing this tree probably drew a lot of attention to him. I don't know what would have happened. But I started to think if I was in Zacchaeus's position, is that what I would have done? I think I think of myself if I'm a sinner, guilty, ashamed, ashamed of what I've been doing, I think I would much rather hide in the crowd. Maybe, maybe I'd be curious about Jesus and want to see a glimpse, but like, I hope Jesus doesn't see me. Would I have the same attitude as Zacchaeus if I were to run into Jesus? I think more oftentimes than not, in my own sinfulness, I have the heart of Adam and Eve. I think I'm more ready to run and hide. And I think sometimes perhaps the church has emphasized this heart as well when it, in talking about our own sin. Our sins are dirty, shameful. They need to be kept hidden and they need to be kept a secret, not only from others, but from God. I think I often have this feeling, this need to run and hide. But when you look at Zacchaeus, it's the, it, it's the exact opposite. This is not the God that we see in the Gospels. And this is not the God that Jesus portrays. Jesus is the perfect image of the Father. And in Jesus, we see a Father who draws near, not a God of condemnation. He's a Father who wants us to come to him in our brokenness. 
In John 3, verse 17, uh, we read that God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world. Yes, we're sinners, and yes, there's brokenness, and, and we need to acknowledge this, but this shouldn't stop us from coming to Jesus. Zacchaeus knew who he was, a liar, a cheat, a sinner, and still he came. And it wasn't a reluctant coming, it was an eager, persistent coming. Zacchaeus chose to welcome Jesus into his home. It says he was happy to welcome him. Another version I was reading said he received him joyfully. I often think our, our homes are one of the most intimate places in our lives. If we are to invite somebody over, like, oh, we need to clean, we need to make sure everything's like lined up and in order, and we can't let them see the dirty parts of us. Now, Zacchaeus, this would have been a different culture. I imagine it's probably a culture that's more hospitable than ours. But still, Zacchaeus chose to let Jesus in. I think he was, a des he was desperate for a love to set him free. We see that there's a power in the presence of Jesus. When we come face to face with Jesus, we can't help but be transformed. And we see this in Zacchaeus' life, and it's immediate. It's not a two, three, four weeks later. It's immediate. We see a complete 180-degree change in Zacchaeus' life. Now, I don't know exactly what would have happened when Jesus entered his home. I don't know what was said. I don't know, I don't know what Zacchaeus would have said to Jesus. We don't know exactly what happened, but we see the effect that it had on his life. We see the effect that being loved, accepted, and forgiven had on Zacchaeus. I'm sure he had had these thoughts of changing before, but he was never able to get there by himself. But here immediately, he's ready to give away half of his possessions to the poor, even giving back four times what he's taken. The reason why it's important to notice that he's willing to give back four times is in the Old Testament, this was the, this was the repayment for dishonesty. So Zacchaeus knows that he's been dishonest and he's willing to acknowledge it and he's willing to pay, pay what's due. When we are truly and deeply loved in our most inner and intimate beings, we're changed. It's only when we come face to face with Jesus, when we let him into the most intimate and sacred or even secret parts of who we are, that we can fully experience his love and acceptance and the freedom that it brings. So I wanna leave you with two different reflections. Perhaps you are more drawn to Jesus in this story. Maybe there's somebody in your life that God is calling you to spend more time with. Maybe it's someone who's wronged you. Maybe it's someone who's harder to love. Maybe it's someone who generally would be pushed aside. Perhaps you're being invited to draw closer to them.
Or perhaps you feel more like Zacchaeus and you feel the guilt and the shame of your sinfulness. Maybe you have been the one to do the wrongdoing. Maybe you feel trapped in a certain lifestyle or habit and you just can't seem to break it. Where are you longing to see Jesus transform your life? Rather than having the heart of Adam and Eve running and hiding in the garden, I challenge you to have the heart of Zacchaeus and like eagerly seek out Jesus. Because when you do, Jesus is sure to meet you. He's sure to come in. And we can know full well that there will be love, acceptance, and forgiveness 